Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it is it is another morning. It is another morning. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Today's Monday, February 28th, 2022. Last day of February. Welcome to the Mind Virus Show. It's not a leap year, right? Not this year. We're going to leap reality and jump straight to insanity this year. Uh, we did that already. We did? And we're I think still... we're going to do it for real. We're we're still wandering around in, in, you know, I, I, I'm more and more, I'm more and more, I'm buying into this theory that we somehow got knocked off of our normal timeline and we're in a, like a bizarro backward world. Yeah. That's really similar to our timeline, our original one, but just enough different and just enough insanity that a lot of people don't realize that we, we've been derailed we've been knocked off course Mm -hmm. have you seen the movie yesterday the the beatles movie yeah it's a beatles uh nostalgia movie kind of i've not um it's about a guy who he's a musician and something happens some disruption happens and the and the timeline changes but certain people remember things that are missing in the new timeline like the I don't, the the timeline doesn't shift it's like it's like parts of the old timeline he he's the only one that remembers parts of the old timeline well he finds out some other people remember it too but anyway one of the things that's missing in the new in the timeline going forward from his from the event whatever that was is that the beatles are missing so he's the only one who knows the beatles music or so he thinks. And uh, it's kind of funny because it's all about him trying to repopularize the Beatles. And then he becomes popular. And then he finds that there are certain people that actually do remember, but not very many. And uh, it's really kind of a funny show. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's a, a good watch. But uh, yeah, it's nuanced. It's not like he's in a totally different reality. It's like right. something's wrong that he only he knows about. Something's definitely wrong <laughs> in the real world. The the so-called real world. The so-called real world. Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. But anyway, welcome back everybody. This is the Mind Virus show, Mind Virus podcast. I am Bobby Flood, that's Jordan Bruno over here. And uh, we are back for another episode. Uh, you can find us on the web. You probably know where, but if you don't, mindvirus.show. We're also on your favorite podcast, aggregator, you know, all those normal things. You know the drill. Like, comment, subscribe. Well, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Slow news week. <laughs> well. I I uh, uh, 
I texted you during the week and said, what if we did something, maybe like a movie or... Do something different? A little lighthearted. Something not related to the news. And you kind of said, well, I think I, I think we need to talk about what's going on. I said, okay. And I actually thought about it more. And, and, and I, think it, I think something very important is happening. And well, before, I think we should talk about yeah, that. Yeah, hold that thought there. I do want to just point out, last week we titled our episode Rule by Emergency. Right. And we discussed how Canada invoked, well, Justin Castro, Castro, Trudeau, whatever his name is, um, he invoked their emergency laws to try to clear the city of Ottawa. Then he got, he quickly, quietly... um, Rescinded. Rescinded the emergency order, but they kept, of course, control of all the truckers' bank accounts. Yeah, and then a lot of the trucks were taken. Yeah, so they stole a bunch of property under the auspice of this emergency law. And then there, there was a trucker convoy. There is actually a trucker convoy headed to the U.S. Capitol right now. It's probably in Tennessee or something like that. Have you been following it? Uh, a little bit. I... It was starting to get some press. They started in California, and they're going to be there for the State of the Union, which is, which is I think, going to be the title of our episode today, State of the Union or something like that. Yeah, that, that convoy is a total setup. You think so? Uh, yeah, 100%. It's, I don't think there's a norm. Or- have you watched any video of it? It looked pretty organic. There was like five miles worth of people the last I saw it, it in might, Arizona. It, it might have started organically, but it that, you think that they're going to just roll in? No, I think they're going to get stopped DC. 60 miles out. That's true. That, that could happen. But I think this is just another J6. They're going to roll in there. They're going to get caught into, in, in, into, the, into a frenzy of some kind. So Americans can never protest again? Oh, they can if they're protesting approved things. But you're saying there can never be a legitimate organic protest because it will always be co-opted, essentially. On a larger scale, yeah. I mean, I mean, right now, apparently, uh, people are protesting in Ottawa, Canada. You might have heard of that place. Mm-hmm. Over Ukraine and Russia. And I don't, really, I don't think that Justin Trudeau is going to invoke the Emergencies Act. But they probably won't be there honking horns all night for three and a half weeks. Well, it, it's cold and no one over there uh, probably really cares or yeah. knows what's going on in Russia and, and Ukraine. And so we'll probably go home when it gets cold. Well, maybe, maybe they'll be able to turn the trucker convoy into a big pro-Ukraine convoy. But I wonder, I think people are kind of waking up. That's, that's the thing. Like the trucker convoy starts out and the Canada issue was a big deal. And then bam, we're in... Putin invades Ukraine, and that's the only thing we're talking about. We're not talking about coronavirus anymore. We're not talking about yeah the uh, the the Durham investigation, the planned Russia, Russia, a, a, Russia. A lot escapades. of um, a lot of the coronavirus restrictions and the vaccine passports, things like that, are just quietly being overturned or or stopped. And, uh, and just yeah, but one one of the big issues quietly is the, going away. The 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 executive branch justice department has an ongoing investigation into the origins of the the accusations against trump for his links to russia right and that's starting to break 
Well, there, it, turn, it, it turns out the Clinton administration and the executive branch under Barack Obama planned to submarine this presidency. That's what actually happened. And then they yeah. stole the election and now they're controlling the investigation. But that was all coming to light. And now that's no longer talked about. Right. Nothing, it, nothing's being talked about besides banning vodka sales, yeah. which is a little silly because I, I just read like one and a half percent of all vodka in the United States comes from Russia. Well, yeah, it's like our, 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 uh, me too governor, our look at me too governor, Spencer Cox, who we never miss an opportunity to lampoon on the mind virus. We've missed a few, but feel free. Issued a formal somber statement that we were doing our part here in the state of Utah by removing Russian vodka from the state liquor stores. So is there an official governmental Russian vodka brand? Well, he also I said... I mean, what about the people of Russia? Well, right. All this, all this does is hurt local people. It hurts the guy who works at the liquor stores. It hurts the, the, the local importers and the truckers and, and also the good, innocent people in Russia. Let's not forget that R- Russia has, what, 150 million people? And pretty much all of them are good, decent, regular folks, just like the 350 million of us that live here in the U.S. Yeah, do you remember the song by uh, the police called The Russians? I think it was The Police or Sting. So it's the, the chorus says the Russians love their children too, and it was yeah, all about how they're, yeah. they're unlikely to nu- nuke us. Right. I think it was the police. Um, Mr. Reagan says he will protect you, but I don't subscribe to his point of view. <laughs> da, da, yeah. da, 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 the good, Russians love their good, children good too. Cold War protest song. Well, you know, growing up in that era, we, we were really indoctrinated against the Russians, right? I mean, that oh, was the yeah, big, big, big deal. Yeah, and, and it was like, we had, you, you probably remember, we had... From time to time, we had drills, like in case of nuclear bomb type drills, like hiding under our desk is really going to help. Yeah, I don't really remember. Mostly it was earthquake drills, but there yeah. was some, there was at times like some, some war-ish drills, you know, and speaking of, by the way, FEMA, FEMA, we can always count on them. They, they wanted us to know that. Federal Emergency Mismanagement Administration. Wanted to know us to know that in case of nuclear explosion, explosion, please maintain social distancing and, and wear, wear a mask. mask. <laughs> not just the, not a gas mask, a nuke mask, but your cloth mask, because you wouldn't want to catch COVID during a nuclear fallout. Mm. I've played all the fallout games, by the way. And I can tell COVID you, it is not an issue right now. That catching a cold is not too big of a deal, but getting radiated by a zombie or something, you know, that can be a problem. <laughs> well, I saw that the director of MI6, that's the British equivalent to the CIA, is out saying this whole Ukraine thing is about LGBTQ XYZ LMNOP rights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good insight. Yeah. We're led by top men. Top men. Top men. Well, we definitely find ourselves in a weird well, what, weird place. We're living real time through this moment. Of, this is the moment that you like to bring up a lot. In 1984, when the crowd is 
is in a frenzy, right? The, and the, the guy is giving a big rousing speech. And during the speech, he's handed a piece of paper. And the enemy instantly changes. The banners are all replaced. And the people continue on in their frenzy with the new enemy. Right. And we have that now. This is, we're living through that moment where, where COVID is being forgotten about almost instantly. In fact, even Saturday Night Live is lampooning the COVID narrative. And I didn't, I, I tried to watch But I think skit. what's crazy is we're probably going to have some restrictions remain. Oh, absolutely. Like the masks we on airplanes or something. Absolutely, because the, the infrastructure, like I talked about yesterday, in, the infrastructure for control for, for some of the most uh, granular control we've ever seen is now in place. And it's not just going to go away. These aren't like the uh, Olympic stadiums that were built in China and then never used again. They will use this infrastructure to continue to harass and, and control us. <clears throat> I tried to watch the Saturday Night Live skit where they... Oh, you tried? And, and it's five or six minutes long. Like Saturday Night Live always t- goes a little too long with their, with their gags. But this is, I didn't find it funny because these are the same type of people that for years have been, have been telling us all that we're murderers if we didn't wear our mask properly. Years. 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 It is, two years. It is, it is a full two years. It, you know, it was like two years ago to the day almost that we had the big market crash. You mean Saturday Night Live has been cheerleading this for two years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they made fun of Joe Rogan recently. Uh, you know, had this stupid, s- stupid skit with him talking, you know. At a horse or something? Yeah, talking about his horse pace and just looking like, like the dumbest jock meathead you could you could create and of course it was all based on lies and how many people watched that i don't know like but it, a million i would be surprised who's if they, still watching saturday night live that's a good question i'd be surprised Wayne, let us know if your friends are watching saturday night live live from new york it's nah. i'm going to bed <laughs> i used to watch saturday night, saturday night live uh, almost like religiously when i was a kid I'd like to know how many people out there are still watching network television. I mean, we don't even have an antenna at our house. A, we don't a, have a lot cable subscription. Are, you, you asked last week, does the network news, does corporate news still have any influence? And my answer was no, except in times of crisis. Well, look at... So, but, but now they're just creating perpetual crisis, and that's the whole point yeah. of the rule by emergency thing. And by the way, maybe we should back up a little bit for the uninformed, which... Nobody who listens to this show is uninformed. Right. But what happened between <laughs> this week and last week was that the Russian government, in, uh, under the pretense of a peacekeeping operation, invaded the, their, neighboring, uh, their neighbor, Ukraine, which is just to the west, southwest, and took over, essentially. They took over the country by military force. Now, there's a lot of what would you say, a lot of nuance or color that could be discussed relative to, was this good? Was it bad? Who are the people involved? You know, and I'm sure that that's why you're all tuned in to the Mind Virus show today to hear Bobby uh, pontificate on all the finer points of this invasion. But yeah, the, the, the basic idea, the, the big thing is that Russia invaded Ukraine. And now the, ma- the 
we want to watch what they're saying, right? Because that gives us hints as to what they're trying to do. The big moves in Western media, corporate media, is to, quote, stand with Ukraine. But these are all the same people that want us to stand with Ukraine and not drink the vodka <laughs> who drank the Kool-Aid on COVID. And the, the, they're the people that people like the Joe Rogan audience are waking up to. People, the, the middle of America, you know, 70% of America is going, okay, we don't believe you people anymore. So th- there's a move to try to, well, we saw Mitt Romney try to blame all this on Trump. And that was something that it didn't seem to catch on. Yeah, it's caught on a little bit with your typical, uh, you, you remember uh, QAnon, right? Yeah, but nobody knows who that is. Well, there's a there's a, a play on those words. To is that do, guy still going? I have no idea. But there's a play on, on words that picked up speed uh, to describe the people who really have bought into the Russiagate narrative and all that called Blue Anon. Blue meaning, you know, Democrats. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I don't like how they got that color, but keep going. That crowd, that crowd uh, is still pushing that this is all Trump's fault. It, this would have never happened if he would have never been president, which is impossible to prove or to know because he was president and it didn't happen. It didn't happen when he was president. Maybe there's reasons for that. Maybe there isn't. The the fact is it's it's happening now, and and I think we need to ask ourselves why now, and uh, what what really is trying to to be accomplished. What what is Putin trying to accomplish, and what more importantly, I think what is the what is this this uh, we have this universal this like synchronicity happening with this issue where if you have. It, it, for, for, you know, for for what we're seeing right now, we would be labeled like Putin stooges or Putin for not jumping on the bo- sympathizers, bo- the vodka boycott train. Right. Let's not forget that millions and millions flow to Russia from the United States for oil, and and you know, there's these sanctions that the U.S. and in Europe has slapped. Putin with that. Yeah, but they didn't stop buying the oil. None of them affect the oil, which means this is all for show. They're not really trying to punish Putin. They're doing this for show. This is the mask. They're wearing a cloth mask and saying, look at our virtue. That's a good, that's a good question. That's a good question because they, they kicked part of some of the Russian financial system out of the swift Bank, interbank settlement system that that uh, SWIFT system I, I can't remember what it stands for but it's essentially a mechanism by which Western well most global banks settle transactions and, and transmit information between each other so that they can they can have liquid trade meaning fast trade right it's like Venmo for governments it's yeah it's Venmo for governments they invented it first Venmo for central banks right and governments which are essentially Controlled by central banks. Yeah, intertwined. I I think the central banks have a lot to do with what's happening right now. I just don't know. I don't understand all of this. I don't understand. Well, they move in the shadows. Yeah. Think of Lord of the Rings here. Right. But people are are getting wealthy from this, this invasion. Somebody is. But look, I wonder if the issue is to try to crash the traditional markets. Well, I've seen a lot of good theories. And the the most the the 
the most blunt is Putin bad, Zelensky good. And that's what the media is trying to, to tell us. And so people, celebrity, it, I find it very disturbing when, when politicians on both sides, so you have Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi saying the same things. You have every news network in the country saying the Hold same thing. Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi have always been saying the same things. They're openly saying the okay. same things. Although I'm not sure Nancy Pelosi knows where Ukraine is. Okay. She got it mixed up with Hungary or something and then wandered off. But <laughs> To, to the ice cream parlor with Joe Biden? <laughs> right. Did we ever talk about the prescription drug, drug problem on Capitol Hill? Like the pharmacy, there was an expose on the pharmacy. They talked to the guy that supplies the drugs for the Capitol has the contract for like their health. <clears throat> It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like out of control. These people are on massive amounts, multiples, like five times as much as your average baby boomer. These, these guys are on serious drugs. I I don't think that our best and brightest are on Capitol Hill. And I I mean, that's proven in different ways all the time. Our, Our most easily controlled are on Capitol Hill, I guess. Well, I think also it's a lot of people who couldn't do anything else. So they went into politics. It's people who I kind of disagree. I think they well, were, some I of think them. there were people that could do other stuff, but they found a, an easier path to money in politics. Yeah, and that was my, my second part was going to be that basically people who see a good grift and go after it, and uh, and and it's also just I think it's genuine. I've said this before. I'll stand by it. It's genuinely stupid people. It's not that hard to win an election. You just well, then why don't you do it? Maybe I will. Bobby Flood, twenty twenty four. I'm gonna clean up this Pre- town. President <laughs> of the internet. <laughs> well, yeah. I, what, but, what do you want to be president of? Um, president. You're already president of your Warcraft guild. I, I'm not actually, and actually, we don't we don't play Warcraft anymore. World of Warcraft is in a bad, bad place. Hmm. We've, we're playing a new one. It comes from Korea. It finally, uh, it had a, it launched in Korea in 2018, and then it launched in Russia. Interestingly enough, uh, like a year later, and now it's finally come to Europe. So the Russians and the, and the Koreans are ahead of us <laughs> in this regard. They've had all this time to build up their bases and their no their characters. We have fresh uh, North American servers. Oh. So. But they have all the fourteen-year-olds that know how to do it and have yeah. It. So we we have to. I, we have to compete I, I'm against just going to have to learn Korean so I can read the guides. But what's it called? It's called Lost Ark, and it's a. Uh, Are you searching for something? Arcs, <laughs> but uh, multiple arcs. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple arcs. Oh, that create maybe like one big arc. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> we'll find out how this turns out in the future. Well, hey, look, what are you going to run for? Um, you know, I think I would run for probably um, like maybe, maybe God King. Oh, Cosmo Crater. So I, I would replace our current God King, Spencer Cox. Lord of the Cosmos. Lord, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, if, if God King maybe might turn a few people off, just it sounds a little yeah, pretentious. Yeah, there, there are two people vying for that title, and uh, I don't think you want to get in between that one. Maybe pre- uh, President pres- of the local Lions Club? President for life. Okay. 
That sounds less <laughs> less dangerous. But I don't think it's that hard to win an election in the sense that if you have money and, you, and the timing's right, you can win an election. Or if you know people with money. Right. If you have some name recognition. Um, Say like a rich father. And, and, and so people can get into... People can get into Congress, you know, somewhat easily. It's not like you need years and decades of experience or expertise. You just put your name on the ballot and you can win. And so we have some people out in Congress. I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, I think his name was Hank Johnson from Georgia. He's the one who was interrogating a, a military general or colonel or somebody. And he was worried that, I think it was Guam, was going to capsize. Because it's a kind of a narrow island, and he's sitting there with a straight face saying, could it tip over in the storm and the ocean? And the, and the general shows a lot of restraint, and he's like, oh, that is not currently a concern that we have. It's like, could it? <laughs> could if too many people were on one side of it, could it? Capsize? No, we have Now I've got to look for that. The capsizing of Guam. It's uh. This guy has a whole bunch of like baffling, head scratching comments. I think his name was Hank Johnson. Hank. Is that short for something? Traditionally, it's short for Henry. But in this case, no? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I'll look, I'll look for that, see if we can post it for the listeners. I know a lot of you are looking at our website. The larger point, you know, as we tangentialize, gen, tangent, gen, tangentize, is that the people, quote unquote, running the country, aren't very smart. Well, I, you know, I know you're they're, kind they of... Can be, they can be cunning and they can be, be uh, uh, scoundrels, but I don't think that a lot of them are rational, critical thinkers. They, they know one thing and that's how to grift. Yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is it's easy to buy an election, but I think it's hard, uh, you know, those of you that think you're going to go out there and just put your name on the ballot, you actually have to go do stuff. You have to get your name in front of people. You have to, For sure. you have to spend the money to get people to know who you are. You have to buy the signs. You have to buy the Right, but you don't have, the to, organization. Be, you don't have to be qualified to do any of that. No, but I, you say it's easy to win an election. I'm taking issue with that. I think it's, it requires a lot of money to win an election. Right, I don't think it's right. easy because getting the money... Is hard. You, in a lot of cases, have to sell your soul, or you have to have a father who was the governor of Michigan or the president and owner of a large uh, chemical company or something like that. Those were just hypotheticals. Right? Hypotheticals, or maybe maybe your family is involved in a crime syndicate that has uh, made deals in China and countries that start with you that were recently invaded and have drawn millions and millions and millions of dollars out of those countries in the last 20 years. Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> oh, wait. That was the country that started with R, I, not I got, U. I got the wrong president's son. And maybe your son had lost a laptop that showed video of him having sex with hookers and described his dealings with well, the, 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 shady interests around the world. The Hunter Biden story is quite relevant to what's going on right now and why... It, it links directly and, to Ukraine. And why, why is every... This is back to... This was a good job of circling back around. Why I I is Mitt Romney back. and Nancy... Why are Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi saying the same thing? Why are CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News saying the same thing? Even, uh, you know, 
more traditional kind of independent news outlets like say epoch news why are they yeah. saying the same thing everybody is saying stand with yep. ukraine everybody knows in conspiracy research circles that when the powers that be go go from their antithesis to their synthesis right when they right. all coalesce then you know something's up so they all did this on coronavirus they all decided oh coronavirus and then things have started to degrade on that messaging line now it's we stand with ukraine and that's the synthesis so we know something's up we know somebody's opened the cookie jar or there are nefarious people in the in the house in the building we know we know that we're about to be mugged right and i, or I think mind raped I, I don't know that it needs to be said but i'm going to say it because maybe it needs to be said because you never know but there are good honest people in ukraine there are good honest people in russia Ukraine and Russia are mostly made up of good, honest people, or right. at least and people who are trying, right? People who don't don't have a malevolent uh, intention to come and harm the next guy. They just right. are trying to make a buck or trying to they live They just want to live their lives the same way that we do. We uh, want to watch a little soccer, like, like I said last a little week, vodka. Last week, I was like, is it really so much to ask just to be able to live your life? Without being harassed everywhere you go by the government, can we just can we just yes, live our lives? Too much to ask. And so, and, and and Russia and Ukraine are deeply intertwined. I mean, Ukraine was part of the USSR, and even before that, that there there are places with you know intertwined cultures and histories and religions, and there's been tensions, and there's been. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have a great understanding of that history, other than that it's. It's well. It's funny that you bring that up because we have a resident Russian expert amongst our listeners named Dmitri. Yeah, Dmitri, and uh, I texted him and said to him, "Do you have any comment or insight into the Russian Ukraine situation?" The, the Ukraine-Russia situation. I'm sure we're going to mention it in our podcast when we record tomorrow morning. If you want to weigh in, send me something, either text or email. He says, Dimitri says, I'll think about it when we get home. Honestly, you've likely looked into it more than I have. However, perhaps you have some specific questions. And I said, cool. From your experience, is there a deep-seated antip antipathy between I, I like when I when I write I write more intelligently than I speak by the way uh, for the listeners out there it's the opposite for me. antipathy <laughs> everything I've spew is unintelligible and unintelligent well I, I, I write down words I don't even know how to pronounce that's why I'm I'm here with you because you are the pronunciator in chief <laughs> is there a deep-seated antipathy between the two countries or should I say ethnicities my understanding is that Eastern Ukraine is very pro-Russian. Do you know much about the, and then in parentheses, neo, meaning new or relatively recent, Nazi influence in Ukraine? Now remember, the Nazis are, that's the German word for the nationalist, sorry, the National Socialist Party, okay? Mm -hmm. The Nazis were not fascists, they were socialists. Right. Okay, the, the, and, and uh, because of these strange cognitive dissonances in the political uh, history of the world, there are a lot of political science professors who would say that the political spectrum is not 
a line with a right and a left, but it's a circle where you have good people on one side and then the, the, you go on to the other side of the circle and you hit the commies and the fascists. And, you know, that's a good way to look at it. There, we've linked to before a um, John Birch Society video on the nature of government, which shows anarchy on one side and total government or oligarchy on the other side. I'll try to find that and link to the uh, JBS video on government making myself a note right now so you guys can see that if you haven't seen that before but anyway the nazis this is what i asked uh dmitri and you'll see kind of what i'm talking about here in the question so do you know much about the recent nazi influence in ukraine how long of a memory do the russian people have relative to world war ii and all the fighting that went on up through Ukraine to Stalingrad. So if you look at a map of Eastern Europe, which most of us who grew up in our generation don't see much except for red to the right or the east of East Germany, because when we were kids and up, in, up until the mid-90s, the map showed the Warsaw Pact countries and then the USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And so you had Poland and East Germany I think Hungary and the Warsaw Pact, Austria never joined it, if I remember right. Russia, and, then, uh, and you got Ukraine, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia buffering Russia as part of the USSR. Geography tests got way harder after the USSR. They bro- so broke got up. hard, yeah. Because there were <laughs> like 17 new countries you yeah. had to. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the thing is, and, and there, this is lost in the discussion, the Nazis. Most of the deaths in World War II occurred between East Germany or East Berlin, or Berlin, excuse me, and Stalingrad. Hitler invaded Russia, and that, that was it. That was the end of Hitler, because we, we lost a quarter of a million troops, I think, or half a million troops in World War II. I think it was only about a quarter of a million troops, meaning we, the United States. I think in Ukraine alone there were like 14 million people killed. About seven killed as the Germans went east to Stalingrad. They got stopped at Stalingrad. And then about another seven million were killed as the Russians swept west into Berlin. Horrific. This is why Stalin could get away with making a statement that, uh, you know, the death of one man is a tragedy, but the death of a million is a statistic. Right. It's it's sick the way these people think. Okay. Anyway, how long of a memory do the Russian people have relative to World War II and all the fighting that went on up through Ukraine to Stalingrad? My understanding is almost 14 million people were killed as the Nazis swept east and the Russians west. Okay. This is I'm recounting my conversation with Dmitri. Dmitri replies and he says this. Uh, we might find this interesting. Although I don't know. I'm not going to take issue with Dimitri here on the podcast. Far be it from me to do such a thing. But so I'm just saying, he's got a pretty good insight here, but maybe, maybe not complete. He says, yes, Jordan, there has been a strong antipathy between Ukraine and Russia for a long time. It is certainly prevalent. It, it's certainly been a prevalent theme since the dissolution of Soviet Union 30 years ago, partly in an effort for the Ukrainians to preserve their cultural identity that has been 
consumed by the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. You're just going all in on this accent. And partly because of a long history of hostility and war in the region, plenty of which was a result of the Russian conquest. Am I sounding like Chekhov in the in Star Trek or more Count Dracula? Yeah, there's a little Some Dra- sort of a, a little Dracula in yeah, there. Transylvanian. Apologies, I'll try to do better Apologies Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri, sorry. This is more how Dimitri sounds. <laughs> I don't really think it's about ethnicities. There is a substantial population. I think I needed the deeper voice there. Perhaps. Perhaps. There is a substantial population of people who identify as ethnic Russians within the Ukraine. Millions of Ukrainian citizens. The largest Russian diaspora in the world. Because of the USSR's lengthy control and influence in Ukraine, both Russia and Ukraine have a great deal in common. There are also many different ethnic groups within each country. I believe the animosity mainly surround political and governmental relations of these nations and Ukraine's desire for autonomy in opposition or Russia's desire for control of an area they consider as their own at many different times. Yes, there are a lot of Russians in eastern Ukraine. There are also many Russians in Crimean Peninsula on the Black Sea where ethnic Russians comprise the majority. It is worth mentioning that between the times of about World War I and II, Crimea was an autonomous republic within the Soviet Union. I am sure this is a consideration for some who feel that this area should be outside of the control of the Ukraine. The city of Donetsk is another notable place within many Russians. Don- Donetsk is also notable due to a Russian-backed separatist movement that declared its independence from Ukraine seven to eight, <laughs> seven to eight years ago. There had been a lot of fighting between R- Ukraine and pro-Russia mili- paramilitary groups since that time. Now, Dimitri here, you write a lot like a, an American, so it's hard to, to <laughs> rearrange the syntax well, while well, I'm going. <laughs> this, is, this is more uh, nuanced and insightful than anything coming out of the media, because the media is... Putin bad, Zelensky good. I stand with Ukraine. Right, and we're going to get it. we're going to get to that as it goes. And Bobby's going to Bobby's going to inform us about how both Putin and Zelensky have ties to the WEF, right? Well, yeah, they're both of children of the WEF. Children now, of the WEF. Children we, of the oligarchy. Well, anyway, uh, he says this, and I think this is a significant factor, but it's interesting. He says, I, don't, I, I do not know much about the neo-Nazi groups within the Ukraine, only that I have heard there is some sort of involvement. So this is important. There are, there are pictures cir- circulating with um, Ukrainian soldiers holding Nazi flags. Now, these are not your typical red Nazi flags. These are like blue and yellow flags with... Um, the swastika on them. And I know for a fact, at least one of our listeners was banned from Facebook, was put into Facebook jail 
for posting a photo of this right. for seven days. So this is the, this is the thing you cannot say right yeah, now you, can't you cannot mention out. the links there's, between the Ukrainians uh, there's a video. and the white supremacists. Or, well, they call it white supremacists. I don't know if I'd call it that. I'd just call it the, the neo-Nazi or the new socialist party or their, their ties to the old Germanic Reich. And who knows? They're in Ukraine. What, who knows if these are, if they're politically, like, like you said, Nazi, or if they're just shock groups. Who knows? There's well, yeah, a video. It could, be a bol- it could be a bunch of psyop influence. There's operation. a video uh, on Twitter making the rounds that the official, one of the official Ukrainian accounts posted of, uh, you see a man's hands, right? It's like a, a, almost like someone is over the top of a table filming and all you see is hands taking ammunition and then rubbing lard, pig lard on the ammunition. And they're basically they're saying that the these are the, the Nazi groups, blind, you know, soaking the, the bullets meant for Muslim Russians, Chechnyan Russians, mm-hmm. where there's still a large Islamic, uh, in, you know, uh, culture and in, in population. Basically, it's this this anti-Islamic, you know, because. That's an insulting thing, right? Yeah, but that's just so... But it's, it's making the rounds, and it's like, it's so over the top. Yeah, you don't want your gun to jam, first of all. And secondly, right. I don't, you, don't, you don't take the time to do that when you're going to kill people. But you do take the time to make a video about it if you yeah. want to piss off a bunch of people. Yeah, you can, and they're doing it by hand, one at a time. Like you, you might do that for 10 bullets, then you realize this is time-consuming and stupid. And also, hey, Vladimir, my here's, the, here's the magazine with the pig yeah, uh, and, lard. No, I don't want that magazine. What are you crazy? <laughs> well, it might, yeah, it might jam your gun. <laughs> you I guess need, they are AK-47s. They do not jam. You need your gun to go off cleanly, like the scene in uh, True Grit, the Coen Brothers, right? Little Maddie Ross has the gun and she shoots. Uh, she shoots. Um, what's the guy's name? Oh yeah. The guy she's been hunting, right, with Rooster Cogburn. Oh, man. He, she says his name all... <laughs> it's the one with uh, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Keep talking. Uh, I'll find it. Well, she shoots him once, right? And he's like, oh, you shot me. And she... The, the great thing about that movie was the, the way they made that sound, period, was they took out all the contractions. I yeah. don't know if you noticed that. They, yeah. just, they simply spoke without using contractions. Every time that they were going to say... Can't, won't. Can't. They said cannot. Yeah, will I not. will not. Yeah. The dialogue in that movie is amazing. It's it, really it, pretty good. It's really good. Tom it, Chaney, Josh, Tom, Br- Josh Brolin, yeah, also plays, who also plays Thanos, right. is Tom Chaney. You will not get away, Tom Chaney. Then she shoots him again, but the gun misfires. And later, when she's captured and she's sitting at the campfire with uh, Ned, with Ned Lucky Pepper. Lucky Ned Pepper. Played by a guy named Barry Pepper, who's right. also in Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. There's some really famous people in this movie, by the way. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I've watched both versions, the John Wayne and then the newer version. I both have some really nice moments, but the new one is an all-time great. It's you like so it? good. But she says, uh, she's, she says, Maddie says, uh, I would have killed him if my gun not jammed. And Ned Pepper says, "They will do it. They will do it." Meaning uh, he's had it. He's had. He's had that happen before. 
He's like, he's lamenting it. Yep. The point is you don't want your gun to jam, so you keep it clean and working order. And I don't know that lathering bullets in grease would, would no, help No, it's ridiculous. That. Even if you're shooting the but venerable it, it, AK-47. It gets, there, there's some really interesting and suspicious, in my opinion, propaganda that's being pumped pumped yeah. hard I think into I, the West. I think the, uh, the, the Germanic World War II thing factors into this a lot more. Let me finish uh, Dimitri's comments here because he does make a comment about World War II. He says, uh, Russian people have a very long memory surrounding World War II. World War II permeated the country's identity made by uh, such Soviet, Soviet propaganda traditions and also impact uh, great impact and destruction destruction that uh, the war inflicted upon the population do do i sound like a a, a russian f- trying to speak jive kind of a i think you an, sound inner, an inner city russian i think you sound like an american trying, trying to, to do a russian, russian accent <laughs> the memory is especially strong for the oldest generation and those who lived under the USSR as adults, but it is so entwined into Russian history, replete with uh, commemorating statues and monuments, that it will not be forgotten soon. Even if the younger generation's experience has been a second hand, I do not know precisely how many Russians were killed in the particular region you mention? But I understand that there was more than 25 million total Russian deaths during World War II, something like half or more of all global deaths as a result of the war. The Russian male population of that generation was severely decimated. Dimitri. Comrade Dimitri, thank you very much for your comments about uh, the nuances there between Russia and Ukraine. I think it's important to recognize that the Russians lost a ton of young men, a ton, during World War II. And the anxieties and the hatreds, the uh, antipathy, so to speak, it runs really deep there between uh, Stalingrad to Berlin. And you've got Hungary and Poland also in the way. Poland has a long memory, and they're they're some of the people that are really getting ready, mobilizing, uh, expecting the worst. And it's interesting to see the the differing narratives coming out of the different regions. Did you know that the president of Ukraine, his name is Zelensky, did you know that before he was president of Ukraine, he played the president of Ukraine on TV? He's an actor. Yeah. Who played the president of Ukraine. Who's the president of the United States in 1984? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, the actor. Yeah. Well, Who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? That's Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future, if you haven't heard that one before, which you, you have if you've been listening to the podcast. You can't, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky played Ukrainian president on TV. I find that interesting. 
He's an actor, comedian. He won the Ukrainian version of Dancing with the Stars. I watched the video back really? in like 2003. He's a good dancer. Yeah. And now he's the actual president. In 2020, he was speaking at the uh, WEF, the World Economic Forum in Davos, right? Their yearly can, uh, uh, crony club meetings. Mm-hmm. And he said that we propose you, speaking to the WF, be stakeholders of the new Ukraine. Did he mean shareholders? I don't know. Here's the quote. Did he mean 51% owners? We, we propose, Majority owners? We propose to all of you to be the stakeholders, shareholders of the new Ukraine. I'd have to watch the full video to understand more about that comment. Vladimir Putin was probably listening to that speech as well, as well as Schwab and all the other people that run these different organizations. Remember, the WEF brags repeatedly about all the people that they have placed in governments around the world. The word they used was, we've penetrated their cabinets. Right. That's a quote. The last week, so we we instantly, we instantly went from get vaccinated, get vaccinated, corona, 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 to stand with Ukraine. Instantly. You look on social media and all of these badges, right? That people change their profile pictures to little Ukrainian flags. The CDC even removed their masking guidance, except for on airplanes. Yeah. There was a, a person who was lampooning this, these social media, you know, solidarity campaigns by posting a screenshot from like a, a Call of Duty type video game and, and said, here I am on the front lines, p- showed this picture. Uh, he said, what does he say? Here I am on, here I am on the, the front lines fighting off the invading Russians. And we felt, we felt uh, overwhelmed, but then I showed my friend, my, my fellow soldier, all of the badges on Facebook, and he girded himself and said, we will win. It's all fake. It's a screenshot, of course, and people still fall for it. People are just blindly, like literally blindly. And there's been some crazy stories like uh, the ghost of Kiev, this apparent fighter pilot that's single-handedly taking down the Russian Air Force. It's, it's all fake. There was the this, this snake bite or the snake island story, which was widely exaggerated. We, the, the, the fact is we don't know what's going on. Things can be manipulated. There's pictures of Zelensky. I bring him up because he's kind of being placed as this, uh, this, this uh, underdog, spunky, defiant hero. And maybe he is that. I don't really know, but... He's part of the club, right? He speaks their language. He's yep. grown up in, in that. Uh, really, know, he's been groomed. There, there's this idea that he's out there with his body armor fighting on the front lines, leading his people into well, battle. And that, and that photo came from, what, two or three years ago when he was at a, a press event or something. Yeah, it was a, it was a photo op. There's another famous. So we, we'll post a yeah. We'll post a link to this. You're going to mention the girl and boy with, with the tank, right? Yeah, the, there's this famous photo of a flag uh, of this little kids holding the Ukrainian flag. It's a great photo. It was taken on during a parade a few, like six years ago. 
right? Yeah. And they're trying to make it look like there's these kids watching these tanks go by. So these are these are some of the most famous photographs that have circulated on social media trying to promote this idea that the Ukrainians are in a dire situation and they're using fake. Well, they're turning back this Russian army with uh, Molotov cocktails. I guess, and, I guess and, it's a good commentary on how, how this works in the modern era. It's not like the pictures are fake. They're just telling you, they, they show you a picture and then they tell you the wrong narrative but, but that this, goes with the picture. That's like the whole 9-11 story was, here's these buildings, there's two of them that fell, caused by airplanes hitting the buildings. I mean, they, they show you the picture and then they tell you what to think. Right, and then they they're like, oh, but let's not talk about Building Seven. This and happened. This this happened with coronavirus too. You'd see a, a picture of a kid, and newspapers all around the world at different times with him captioned with different names are saying, "This is so and so. He died of coronavirus." And they also had the footage from the overrun hospital wards that were not even from the the year 2020 when when this all started this was right. cbs uh i can't remember if it's just cbs but cbs was famous for showing like war footage that was really like a, a training exercise a training exercise yeah. yeah the night the night a nighttime nighttime shoot, with tracers tur- a nighttime and, turkey shoot or something yeah they were yeah yeah everybody's having fun i don't even know if it was the military it was like a light show on cnn we used to pretend they were in baghdad right well that was the first thing i thought when i saw some of these war reporters with helmets on it was like <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the fake footage from the first Gulf War that was proven fake? I mean, it's av- obviously fake because you can see them joking about it in between segments. And, and so much of that, so much of what we see on the screen is fake or or uh, staged. You know, there's the Anderson Cooper episode where he's supposedly Standing in water covering his, a hurricane up to his and, neck while his cameraman's in his an- up to his ankles. Yeah, he found a hole and he stood in it. There's there's a lot of that coming out of this this uh, propaganda machine right now, and it's all very blunt. Ukraine good, Russia bad. Yeah, and Pro, you know, the, just uh, let me interject here. There's a movie called Enemy at the Gates, 2001, with Jude Law and Ed Harris. I think I mentioned it before. This mm-hmm. is a great movie for the Russian Ukraine conflict if you're interested, and it's all about propaganda. It's about the uh, Russian, great Russian sniper Vasily Saitsev, I think is his name. And he, uh, his, his epic battle with this German, great German sniper, and also his friend who is a party, high up in the party, Communist Party, who's writing propaganda, trying to rally the Russians against the Germans and not just let them get demoralized and, and overrun. Propaganda is a critical part of any war. Critical. Well, well, yeah. Nece- necessary because you it, have to have the, the people. first part of the war. Yeah. Let me, let me remind the listeners, because you've probably all read the Book of Mormon, that in the Book of Alma, after Amalekiah gives the same speech as George W. Bush in 2000. One right after 9-11, and he says, if you love your king and if you love your country, you'll go after these terrorists and any nation that harbors them. That's what Amalekiah said after he poisoned Lehanti, took over the Lamanite army, and then had his criminal syndicate kill the king of the Lamanites in what would only be known in the textbooks as a false flag terrorist attack, meaning 
They killed the Lamanites and blamed it on somebody else, the servants of the king who fled to the land Jershon, which was the first place they attacked in the war. Okay. Any nation that harbors them. After that, he gives this rousing speech and involves the entire Lamanite army in a, you know, kind of a ridiculous charge to try and get the, the Lamanite servants that had supposedly killed the king. See, that's important because you have to involve the people. You have to involve everyone in the lie. And as soon as they've taken action, then it's harder for them to change their minds or repent because they've already taken action and, and they've, they've bought into or they've made an investment in the activity. So that's what you're seeing right now. And that's what, what social media is so effective at. It gets everyone to make an investment to take a side right so the so you can imagine those lamanite soldiers as they were running after the servants of the king you know one named bobby would be like talking to another one named jordan like hey jordan did you notice that uh the servants of the king killed the king outside of the castle i mean they could have killed him there why did they do it there they could have e- more easily done it like on the way or why why did they wait you know, there's so many problems with this. All the research that I've done shows that there were multiple shooters and... Uh, You're either with <laughs> us or against us. Shut up and let's go. Yeah, that's what Jordan would have said. Just just come on. We got to kill these people. We got to turn their their uh, the land Jershon into a glass parking lot, man. I can't believe it. Get with the program. So <laughs> so the that, that's, the, that's the type of conversation that's going on. And then everybody ostracizes this Bobby guy because he's like, oh, I don't know if we should be doing this, but he still goes along with it because everybody else goes along with it. So th- this, is, this is how the propaganda works. It's really important. Well, anyway, the, the end of that story, there's really, the end of that story is the Nephites get destroyed that finally at the end of that, you know, the whole book, but by secret combinations, by conspiracies, by people running amok in government. That's, that's the way their, their nation is destroyed twice and repeatedly teeters on the edge. Okay. There's, it's destroyed right before the, the Lord comes in third Nephi and at the end of the book. Okay. There's another piece of propaganda that I find odd. Okay. But I'm not done with the story yet because, okay, let me be really quick. The point is I got sidetracked by this, the nuances here because it's so amazingly uh, re- prepetitive, not repetitive, but prepetitive of what we're experiencing today in America and in the world. But Amalekiah, he gets control of it, right? He, he, he sells the lie and then he goes back into the Lamanite city and oh, so sorrowful. And he tells the queen, oh, you know, I've I'm so sorry. You, you, these, this is what happened to your husband, and she's she's like, oh, I better marry this guy because there's no rational way that those servants killed him, but he probably will kill me. So she marries him, and the first thing he does is it says in the next chapter he set men upon the towers to propagandize. It doesn't use the word propagandize, but he had to set the men on the towers to propagandize against the Nephite nation. That's the key. He. You always need the propaganda. You must change the minds of the people. You don't have a war without the people. You don't have a real war unless you can co-opt the people's minds into hating the other guys. And it was hard for Amalekiah to do it because just a couple years earlier, you had the Zarahemna episode. That's the one where the guy got scalped and, and the Nephite soldier puts the scalp on the sword and 
change, changes everybody's mind through a rousing speech. The Lamanites did not want to go to war with the Nephites. They were war-weary, but Amalickiah, by arranging carefully the narrative, was able to first coerce the unwilling army and secondly coerce the unwilling population. Read it. Alma chapter 46 through 48. Read it. Tell your bishop, your stake president. (laughs) No, don't do that. Do whatever you can to help carefully, gracefully help people around you understand that this is happening again in our day. Again, 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 again. Well, yeah, it's propaganda is nothing new. I mean, we during World War II, if you went to a movie, what I know played, it's nothing what, new, but but it, we're it, supposed to, we the Mormons we're supposed to know something about it. Are we're, we? Are we? We yes, we of any people in the history of the world, we have been duly warned by people who took their garments off and shook them before us. We have been warned, but that doesn't mean we've. He did any of these warnings. Okay, I get that, but that's and, why and, and I'm I, screaming I, into the microphone. I would say the same thing uh, about Americans. We should we should recognize propaganda, but we're we're victims of it, and we're highly susceptible to it. You ever been to a football game of any kind? Right, any kind, just about any <laughs> kind of football game. What do they well, the do? Patriotism they, is pretty thick. Yeah. They and especially in the the NFL, the NFL pays. The Department of Defense really? for the privilege. I'm surprised that they, it's not the other way around, but maybe it but is. Maybe Monsanto, I mixed that up. But the point is, there's Monsanto money. Monsanto ex- and the FDA are paid by Pfizer and all the big drug companies. There's apparently. money exchanging hands for the NFL to do. Every year, they have coaches on the sidelines wearing camouflage fatigues, and it's this big military uh, uh, propaganda re- recruiting I guess, drive. I guess basically. it just. I guess it just uh, solidifies the point that the oligarchy owns the the teams and the oligarchy owns the government. And so they just give money back and forth. So the question here, whatever way they want, so they can induce these kids into joining the war effort. Right. And now we're now the, the mind war, the mind virus has switched right from coronavirus to war. And you have people literally, you know, you have the neocons out there saying regime change, Russia regime changers. They're literally calling for a hostile takeover of, of Russia. That's such a bad idea. It's a you terrible can, idea. That's the reason nation, the nations of the world desperately want nuclear weapons, because the minute they get nuclear weapons, then the regime change is off the table because they might light off a nuke somewhere. Well, it makes you wonder if these people desperately want nuclear war. No, that's what they want. That's what we're getting to. Now we're really full circle because now we get to speculate well, on what's really going on. That get- was the reason we did... This is the reason, if you've stuck with this this long... You fought, you're a winner, you get the bonus episode, whatever. Now we're going to talk about what we think is really going on. We had to set it all up, but that's the question because it is not about regime change in Russia. They can't do that because then they take the Eurasia element of the 1984 chessboard off the table. Well, they Russia. Always- Russia will always there, be there's some theories, at war with us. There's some theories that, you know, most of our life, Russia's been propped up as a big bad guy. Yeah. I think this is about regime change in the United States, but keep going. And why? Why is that? Why is that? Especially Putin. Putin's been around a long time. I'm not saying he's a good guy, okay? I'm not a, I'm not a Putin stooge. Well, that's but, the problem. But, you can't you he, can't hate war if you don't pick a side. I mean, but 
he's been around a long time. He hasn't done anything like that a madman was supposed to do, right? Well, a lot of his political wranglings where he he modified their constitution so that he could keep power yeah, he's, for, for he's life. He's a dictator. Same, same with it, him like, and, like, and uh, Dr. Z over in um, China. Right. I'm not, like I said, like, but he's this he isn't out there beating the drums of war he's not the one wagging his nukes in in people's faces well he just invaded a so, quote unquote sovereign country right how do you reconcile that mr flood i don't reconcile it i'm trying to understand why he did it well i'll tell you the the ostensible reason why he did it was that uh the west pushed too hard to encircle russia and yeah. Russia strategically needed Ukraine on their side more than going to the West. And all this talk about NATO, they, they could have just said, we're not going to invite Ukraine to join it. Did you know Ronald Reagan said that we wouldn't ha- let any people east of Poland join NATO? And then Latvia, Lithuania joined Estonia all around like 1999 or something. Right. And Ukraine joining would be a, a huge threat to Russia because they share a large border. And as we've discussed, Ukraine is culturally very Russian. Oh, half it's, of the country is very Russian. So I can understand why he'd see that as a threat. Plus, remember, we joked about it. NPR, somebody said a month ago that we, the United States is sending lethal aid to Ukraine. Right? We're arming them. And that's the bit, interesting bit of propaganda I want to bring up is there's this there's this propaganda that Zelensky is giving any Ukrainian citizen who wants one a, a weapon, like an AK or whatever. And so he's arming these people. And it's funny because people in the American left are saying, this is brilliant. These brave Ukrainians are taking up arms to defend their country while also at the same time being anti-Second Amendment. But this is also a great way to ensure that you have gore footage of a bunch of dead teenagers in jeans and sneakers who were given a rifle, no training, had never held a gun in their lives, and they go and point it at Russian troops, and Russian troops have no choice but to fire back. It makes me question Zelensky's motives. What is he actually trying to prove? What is his accomplishment? What is he he trying to accomplish in all of this? Does he want a bunch of dead civilians? What does he really want? Remember, he's, he's groomed in the same circles as all of these other people. He's not, I don't think he's a reformer. I don't think he comes without corruption. That, I'm reading this WEF article about him from 2019, okay? And, and they're painting him as this uh, uh, independent, corruption-free, fresh face. You know, he won, he won the election with 74% of the vote, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Is that like 80 million votes? <clears throat> and I, I don't have answers, right? I'm just kind of talking about things that make me scratch my head uh, over the last well, the week. Na- the NATO thing is the big uh, obvious issue here. Um, but my, and my bigger point with Putin is like Putin's, Putin's been around a long time and I, he, doesn't done, he hasn't really done anything that would qualify as a madman, right? I think he's probably rational and smart, and he looks out for himself and right. for his country. So for, for the uninformed, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was formed uh, to oppose the Soviet Union in the 50s. It was supposed to be sort of a counterpoint to Stalin, and uh, it wasn't until 1999 
So Ronald Reagan promised the Russians there wouldn't be any eastward expansion of NATO in the 80s. And it was in 99 that Czechoslovakia, Hungary, and Poland joined, then Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, which are on the border of Russia in 2004. So this is when the, the Russians, the Soviet, the Soviet Union had broken down, and there was very little political will to um, oppose those those countries' ascension into NATO because of the financial system situation in Russia. But uh, Vladimir Putin has always, I think, longed for the former glory days and, and wanted to... And you, and you got to have true believers, right? I'm, and nobody here on this podcast is saying he's a good guy. He's a nationalist. He's a good, strong leader. As far as world leaders go, he's a good leader. Doesn't make him righteous. But... right. The point, the point is, for, if you look at the world chessboard in a strategic way, you know, in a military, military way, they need the buffer states. They can't, they can't allow NATO, or the, NATO is essentially the United States of America. The big, one of the big uh, reasons that Don, the whole Donald Trump presidency caused waves surrounding the NATO issue was that he went to all the states. Th- their agreement is they're supposed to pay 2% of GDP into keeping up that military alliance. And they don't. Right. Germany, France, none of those guys pay their fair share. It's yeah, paid. It's paid for by NATO. Is paid for by the United States and, of America. Uh, Germany, period. End of story. Germany is getting some flack right now because they they famously told Trump. You know, they mocked Trump when Trump was like, "Hey, you need to pay your two percent." And now they're saying, and "Not only that, you need to pay your two percent in arrears." And now they're now Germany is saying our military is uh, severely underfunded. Maybe we. Should pay that two percent. Well, now that now that things are getting real, what what's crazy about Germany? And this this all goes to energy too, because let us not forget that the Biden administration has spent the last couple of years trying to destroy American energy independence. They stopped a pipeline coming out of Canada. They're they're not allowing new drilling permits. Uh, the Germans, meanwhile, have decided to quote go green. They since the Fukushima disaster a few years ago, they've decided to cancel and and um not just cancel, but decommission their nuclear plants. France has maintained a little bit of their nuclear presence, but the Germans decided to get rid of it. And so where do they get their energy? Russia, from what they call the Nord Stream pipelines. Russia supplies most of Western Europe. With Russia. Or much of... Or with with, uh, oil. Western Europe with oil. Heating oil. Petrol. Right. You know? And those come through a few pipelines that go through Ukraine. So let, let's not delude ourselves and, and think that this isn't about anything other than the wranglings of oligarchs. This is an interesting, this is the concluding sentence in this WEF article uh, about Zelensky in Ukraine from 2019. It says, Ukraine is a testing ground for democratic reforms for the whole region. If Ukraine succeeds in building a fair and effective system, that delivers prosperity and security, it will be a... Hold on a second. What he meant was delivers millions of dollars to the Clinton crime syndicate. Keep going. It will be a powerful magnet for regional growth and inspiration for others and a powerful deterrent for Russia. See, and and throughout this article, there's a lot of Russian... uh, Anti-Russian. Anti-Russian rhetoric. Rhetoric, yeah. And... I, 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 there's some theories, and I don't, I don't necessarily put a lot of, uh, a lot of Stock. Uh, merit to it, but it, it's an interesting line of thinking. Is that one of the reasons that the powers that be, the oligarchs, 
don't like Putin is because he thumbs his nose at them and isn't as controlled. Now, Russia still has a central bank and <clears throat> all those things. And, and, you know, Putin comes from the same schools of thought, but maybe isn't as malleable. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it's an interesting line it appears, of thinking. It appears that in the Eastern blocs, meaning Russia and China, that their main political leader is more of a strong man that has more to say about the country than, say, the American president. Because in America, it's very clear. The Trump presidency should have taught us, well, the, uh, the teleprompter uh, reading Bar- Barack Obama presidency plus the Trump presidency plus the Biden, I'm an empty suit, ice cream eating, geriatric, Alzheimer's his, patient. He fills his suit. The that those presidencies should show us that the president actually has very little control over anything. Say he fills the diapers in his suit. Well, <clears throat> but but, uh, but yeah, I think well, the point right. is that Putin and Z have more to say. They may not well, be I, the they may not be the controlling force, but they have more influence. I think Z is is probably the controlling force, or very very Close influential. To yeah, because China China has. A lot of money. They have a lot of influence. They and they, I think, are the like like Justin Trudeau in Canada said. He admires what China can do because they can just make changes on the, you know, on the on a dime. They can turn on a dime because of the dictatorship and lock down entire cities on a whim. And uh, I think all these guys really they want that that Chinification of the rest of the world, which is part of the Great Reset agenda. Again, I say that saying there are billions of very good, honest people in China too, okay? Mm-hmm. When, we, when we talk about these countries, we're talking about their leaders and the people making these decisions. I think that's an important <clears throat> distinction. Because the, that distinction is being eliminated. They want you to hate them. We're, we're supposed to hate Russians right now. Why? And Russian vodka. Yeah, all that does is hurt innocent people. When you, these sanctions and stuff never hurt the leaders. You think you think Kim Jong, who's the new Kim Jong? Is it ill King Jong Un? King Kim Jong Un? Let's call him Kim. In North Korea, do you think these sanctions are hurting him? No, he's riding a white horse on the beach. <laughs> no, no, they're hurting the the North Koreans who live meal to meal and are. What a sad situation that is that we never really give any real thought or or you know why why isn't there regime change there? And I'm not saying there should be, but that's a really uh, easy, easy. Uh, you know, if you're a neocon type, that that would be the most obvious place on the planet. Well, Bobby, we have uh, thousands of troops amassed on the border, just in case we ever need to do that. That's true. They that's have true. like a million troops on the other side. <laughs> but there are a lot of conflicts around the world right now that we don't talk about. But for some reason, we talk about Russia and Ukraine, and it becomes the cause du jour. For so many of these people who, for the last two years, have been screaming about masks and vaccines and Black Lives yeah. Matter and trans and LGBT. And but there is a larger narrative here because for the four years prior to that, they were talking Russia, Russia, oh, Russia, Russia. Russia's always been the big bad villain, right? Always. Well, it wasn't really so much from 1990 through 2015. Yeah, well, in the '90s, there it was like, oh, you, 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 you pat them on the head, you, you poor things, you have freedom now. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
but no, seriously, there was like a, a 20, 20 to 25 year period of uh, lack of tension. And so the tension had to be created by the Middle Eastern wars against, quote, terror. Yeah. And where's that in the news? It's gone. Did those guys just all go away? Yeah, yeah. It's another cheat I'll tell you paper. What, happened, what happened was that the Russians started opposing the American agenda in Syria. You and mean Syria when we fought on the same side as ISIS and Al-Qaeda? Yeah, that one. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's another crazy thing. Or, or do you mean the Soviet, the Soviet war in Afghanistan when we uh, armed... When we created Al Qaeda, when we created Al Qaeda and armed somebody named Osama bin Laden and trained him, <laughs> right? And and then we can speculate as to whether he was even a real person after that, right? We you know we don't even know. Uh, we the point is we don't know. We we can't verify any of this stuff. The people that are telling us this stuff are known liars, dirty fact checkers. That's a, that's a new insult we've invented at my house. Is Everything now we're call is, people dirty fact checkers. You can't take any of this at face value. It's, it, it, it is easy to create uh, manipulated footage. People on their iPads and, and iPhones can do Hollywood special effects that would fool a lot of people. Right. And, and it's, it's clear. I mean, we, would, we could spend the next couple of shows going through example after example of where the media lied or where they got it wrong, meaning the corporate media. So we don't need to do that. You already know that. Everybody knows that the, the books are cooked, the, the, the fix is in, whatever. It's, it's a bunch of lies. And so why would we believe them about anything coming out of Ukraine? Why would well, we? I, I don't. And, and maybe that's what, what, what would my, be the appropriate response. What, what would be the appropriate response when the, when the news media brings it up? Just turn off the television, or do you do you tell your friends like, "Hey, you're being jerked around. Don't let don't let them don't let them cause another war. Don't." I think you go. I think uh, that could be part of it. Yeah, uh, but I think you also need to hunt around for other points of view uh, and, and other sources of information. Other and just use your own spidey senses. Like, regardless of what's happening, and I'm and I'm not saying that Russia is justified in their actions, because I, I don't I don't know enough about it. But regardless, you you should be a little skeptical of of this bombardment of of propaganda that literally overnight, because this this little conflict's been brewing for a couple of months, if not more, right? And overnight, overnight, it's been brewing. Twitter handles were changed. Twitter, you know, Twitter profile pictures. The news switched off from COVID to this, it, it, literally with a snap of a fingers. And it's just they went from COVID, 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 COVID. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. There's an NPC meme now that shows. Uh, let me pull it up so I can describe it, and we'll link to it. The NPC, you know, you you guys all remember the NPC meme. This one has a group of NPCs with the, the Black Lives Matter logo and the Biden-Harris logo on their heads. Then the next panel is the NPCs with the masks on. And now the third panel is the NPCs with the Ukrainian flag on their head. And it's just one thing after another. It's a, it's a culture of crisis. Crisis is a new currency. Maybe not new, but it's being spent freely. It's just crisis upon crisis upon emergency upon emergency. And we have to ask ourselves, what is the end game? 
who benefits? Who right. be- who benefits from who? See, this is where I kind of scratch my head, and I, this, and I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I'm going to keep saying that. But what, what does it benefit Putin to go in in this weird, if you believe some of the videos that are coming out of it, and I don't necessarily take them at face value, what you have is like Russia trickling into Ukraine and getting blown up by guys in, in Adidas jackets and Molotov cocktails. It makes no sense, right? Why wouldn't he just roll in and take the country? Instead of like trickling in with these convoys of four no, or five, I think he's already got tanks. the. I think he's already got the country. country. He, they he destroyed may. the. They destroyed their military. See the the West. The, there's a lady named Rebecca Koffler that uh, I'll link to um, some of the clips she's given on uh, Steve Bannon's War Room. Now, again, take what Steve Bannon says with a grain of salt, just like anything. But she's she's briefed the Pentagon on this stuff like seven, eight, ten years ago, and uh, she wrote a book recently that was heavily redacted. And she, and Bannon asked her, "Well, why was your book redacted so heavily? What are what? Can you tell us any of the secrets?" And she says, "Well, no, you don't have. There are no secrets. You just have to go listen to what Vladimir Putin has said. He's always said that NATO is non or that Ukraine is non negotiable. You can't put NATO." Yeah, you can't he, put Ukraine he, he, into NATO. That's it. That's that. the end of the story. He's been talking about that forever. And he says, we will have to take it back if you try to put him into NATO. Because he, did, he didn't really have... In 2004, Putin didn't have the political power to keep Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania out of NATO. NATO is the enemy, according to Russia. In the tripolar world, Russia, China, Anglo-American, U.S., Europe, whatever, you've got to have three parties. And like Dr. Stan Monteith said, we have the best enemies that money can buy. Who propped up the uh, Russia and all the former Soviet states after they, f- after they fell? The Western oligarchs. Where did the, where did the Eastern oligarchs get their money? Where'd those guys get the money to buy all the gas industries and everything? From Western this banks. This guy. You had it? <laughs> <laughs> you had the money? <laughs> The point is that Putin has been talking about what he's going to do, and the World Economic Forum talks about what they're going to do, and the Davos crowd talks about what they're going to do. The Council on Foreign Relations talks about what they're going to do. The Bilderberg Group kind of remains secretive. But, but they talk about, but what, they they're talk about what they're going to do openly. All these politicians <laughs> talk about what they're going to do. The lady, uh, Rebecca Koffler, talking to Steve Bannon, he's like, okay, what's all the, what are all the things that got redacted? What can you say without getting in trouble? And she's like, the stuff that was redacted is all the stuff that me telling them what was going to happen. It's all the stuff that makes them look bad. It makes the intelligence services look bad. And you definitely do have a level, a certain level of incompetence of government work type of attitude in the intelligence services. But you got to realize those services like the CIA, the NSA are vast and you have a black side and a white side, a a well-meaning side and a dark side. And the dark sides of those, uh, institutions of those ent- enterprises are the ones creating these narratives. They are the ones cause- doing the influence operations. They're the ones pulling the strings. They are very meticulous, strategic, careful. They put their best people there, the most easily um, controlled, you know, and, and the most effective people. And then they enact the narrative or they, they put out the narrative and then enact the events the way that they want them to happen. That's that's what's going on. And so the the point is, 
Rebecca Koffler's work can be taken as seeing the intelligence services as incompetent, and that is a cop-out. They are not incompetent. Parts of them are purposefully kept incompetent or in the dark or on the white side or whatever, well-meaning. But they are not incompetent, and yes, they have known about this for a long time, and therefore what is happening now is intentionally been, it's been fomented, it's been purposefully put into the, we've been, the world has been put into this situation in a very purposeful way. Maybe not a perfectly uh, articulate way, meaning they, the, the events may not be playing out exactly as the way they've planned, but because these people plan to move nations and populaces and the minds of the populaces, they, they have to move in a slow manner. It happens over decades. And we're seeing the results of their planning being played out in front of our eyes. And so, like you say, the question is why? Who? Why? Why now? What is going on? Why now? Is it, is it because the coronavirus narrative was dying down? I mean, we've read the studies like the Spars one from Johns Hopkins that said that it would. And, and I think that the, the event 201 kind of played out this way. The, the most onerous restrictions will remain, but the, the public reaction dictates that we've got to move on, right? If you, if you believe some trains of thought, which I more and more I'm climbing on board with, and I, I went off on this the other day, the other week on one of our episodes, this is all part of the same war, right? It's a war against you. Right, right. Not me, but all of us. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Not listeners. just me. Right, and, we, and we, we, but, we talked about this the last two times we did predictions episodes, right? We are already at war. It's just right. a fourth generation asymmetric war against you, the people. And the end game is the end game is total granular. I keep using that word, right? It's a good because we, we're already contro- high resolution. We're we're word. controlled already at a uh, a high level, right? There's only so much that any of us can do before we bump into some bureaucrat that says. You know, you can, you shall not pass. Mm-hmm. You, you've gone as far as you can go, good citizen. They want to they tighten that up. They want to shrink the box of uh, <clears throat> freedom that we live in, right? And the way to do that is the digital currency. And I, I think that if Ukraine, pulling Russia into a big war, see, or, uh, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Engaging in a big war with Russia based on the re- as a reaction to what they do in Ukraine is a great excuse and a great mechanism for financial collapse. Financial reset. Yeah. Financial re- readjustment. Reshaping. Reshaping. You know, the Klaus Schwab and the Davos crowd love that term. They use it all the time. We need to reshape humanity. We need to reshape the way we live. Well, this is a good way to do that, to... Uh, Egg, egg Putin into no, knowing full well. These people do know, they, they know full well that he has always said Ukraine is non-negotiable. NATO and Ukraine is non-starter. They not only know a non-starter, that. it's the line you cannot cross. And, and this is why and we, they start, they, not only were they talking about bringing Ukraine into NATO, they started shipping them weapons. Right. We talked about, you said poking the bear, literally poking the bear. So Russian, what's he, he's, supposed to wait. he's supposed to wait until they get armed up? No. It's like, okay, you're shipping weapons? Okay, now we go in. Well, yeah. And basically- They forced he, his hand. They've, they've put it, they've, they've created a, 
I've seen this term a lot with Ukraine, and I think it's an accurate, a client state. And it's a place for people like Biden to launder money and who knows who else, the Clintons. <laughs> but it's also, it's also in, 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 in all intents and purposes, it's a NATO state because, you know, I've, I've seen the phrase, you know, it's one of our greatest allies. One of the, what? And I'm like, well, why? Why? I don't know that that's true. Does Ukraine know? But, They're one of our greatest allies. Well, maybe if they got into they NATO, they, and if they got into NATO, they'd pay the money probably. So, the point here is that this is all just—it's all part of the same war, the same COVID war, the same uh, this 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 overarching effort to destabilize everything. Now, again, Bobby, it sounds like Bobby's saying all the strings are being pulled. Uh, easily and articulately by some puppet master. No, you've got not necessarily. three. No, I, I know you're not meaning that, but what I want to point out again is there are three criminal syndicates. The Anglo-American establishment, Oceania, Eurasia, Russia, and East Asia, China. There are three. Orwell outlined it. It has followed his plan exactly in a metaphorical type of a way. If you don't if you don't look at the boot on your neck type of tyranny, like the literal boot on your neck type of tyranny that he described, it's it's played out just exactly like uh, well, he had set up in nineteen eighty four. There's been some literal boot on your neck. Oh yeah, uh, but not throughout everywhere. Throughout the COVID restrictions, but not but, everywhere, right? Right. Though I kind of look at it as like, yes, I think there are people pulling different strings and puppet masters, but we've talked about say like Harry Potter and we've, we've speculated, did JK Rowling know what she was doing or is the, the muse at work? Right. I right. think, I think that there's a, a, a higher muse, a dark a, muse, a dark muse that can just orchestrate, uh, uh, this synchronicity or a synthesis. Is that the word you use? Synthesis. Synthesis. Synthesism. That's, that's a, pretty a, that's good. That's a new religion, right? Sure. It's, it's where you worship eighties synth music. Let's do it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but I think some of these things, it just, it can just, they work together because there are dark forces in the world aiming towards the same thing, which is the subjugation of mankind and the elimination of our personal liberty and our rights and our freedoms, our, well, our autonomy. The elimination of thought. Right. Like you, you, you will not think the wrong thing. That's where we're headed. I saw something that I think is relevant. It's, um, let me pull it up. It's on Twitter again. Um, it's a tweet from somebody who uh, works in the sports media, I think. But he says, the people who bleep on the, he says the S word, the people who S word, I'm not going to say it on our family friendly program, the people who Poop on the ghost of Kiev for being a fake story are the worst. How about maybe just getting behind a bad A story to support Ukraine rather than priding yourself on being a little Snopesy B narc? Is there a better is there a better summary of our relationship with truth than that? Just just join us because we need to get mad at Ukraine or at Russia. Yeah. I mean, who do we get mad at? The Arabs. We've always been at war with somebody. 
We need to get but mad the, at it, people who won't mask up. You know, the Atlantic, the magazine, not the ocean, okay. had a story that said the mask mandates don't need to make sense. It's kind of the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's all based on lies. Just get behind the narrative. The narrative is all that's important. Uh, I read a... Uh, it was the spoke some spokesperson for the Department of Defense recently said something about the most powerful thing is the story that we tell. And I'm 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 paraphrasing. We have to go find the actual quote. What stories are we being told? Stories are powerful. We we talk about stories just about every week. We mention some story or movie or book. Stories are the most powerful uh, communication tool in in the world in world history. Everything we do is, 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 you know, story form. Well, we're being told stories right now. And we have to decide, are these stories based in truth and reality? Or are they trying to manipulate us into believing and acting in certain ways? And you have to always consider the source. And again, when Hillary Clinton and Mitt Romney and Hollywood celebrities and the news talking heads and foreign leaders and foreign press and uh, big tech and everybody who thinks that they're important is all saying the same thing, that's, that's a problem. That's something that needs, we have to ask, why are they saying, all, why are they all saying the same thing? The synthesis is troubling here. Uh, MSNBC is reporting, Russia says both sides, quote, heard each other at peace talks as fighting rages in Ukraine. Fox News says, no peace. Live updates, large explosion rocks Kiev as negotiations end. Zelensky seeks more weapons. Uh, if that, that's interesting, the, the divergence between those two headlines. But it, it, the question is, um, and, and then it says, on MSNBC, Russia's economy has been sent reeling by Western sanctions while Putin, Putin puts his nuclear forces on alert. The question is, is this just a bunch of fear uh, mongering? What, what purpose does the fear mongering serve right now? Because I don't think they're going to pull America into a larger war very quickly. The way I, let me tell you the way I think this is going to go down, because I think I think what this demonstrates is that we're there. We're, we're now moving beyond politics in so many ways and on so many fronts. And uh, Putin was essentially given no other option for his state's security other than capitulate or, or take back Ukraine, stabilize Ukraine, whatever. Because what, what do the Western powers do? They come and they destabilize your country. I mean... They drop democracy bombs. <laughs> and then... Uh, so he so he goes in and uh, takes over the country. Now the the big question is: Is he going to uh, completely take over? You know, go full on total occupation, or is he going to engage in some sort of peace talks where where they have a manipulated peace and and they begin to heavily influence I, the Ukrainian I, government? I, I don't think Putin wants like Ukraine to be part of. Russia. I, I, I think just he wants think, them on on their side, and yeah, but I, I, I he think wants to take think, NATO off the table. That's all he. I think that's the main thing. He's just he wants the West, you know, the Americans to just stop trying to meddle with him using Ukraine. Adam Schiff, the uh, I was going to use a word I probably shouldn't use. The stupid idiot 
<laughs> representative okay. from one of one of the biggest yeah, blue anon Russia Russia gate guys, even in the face of you know it being disproven, still just hammers it. But he he's like, let's fight Russia in Ukraine. Like this guy has a stand with Ukraine badge on his social media accounts, and he's saying, let's just use that hellhole and those stupid people as a battleground for us to fight Putin. Like he has no, he doesn't care about the Ukrainians. Yeah, when did the Democrats, the Democrats always rec- accuse the Republicans of being the warmongers. They're all warmongers. They're the party of war. They're those, all of those people, including the Republicans. They're, they're warmongers because they love crises and they can benefit financially. They can get more power and fame. They, they love this. This is what they live for. And the, he's zero literally head. saying, he's literally saying, Hey, Ukraine, we'll stand with you as long as you let us decimate you in our fight against Vladimir Putin. So Z- Zero Hedge is reporting that uh, Ukraine has applied to be part of the, U- the EU, the European Union, and that Ukraine and Russia have agreed to have another round of talks in coming days on the Polish border. Switzerland, which has been a long-standing neutral state, announced that uh, it's going to endorse the sanctions and close its airspace to Russian flights. You want to so, which is weird. If if Switzerland is no is no longer neutral, now we know we're into new territory. Yeah, and these sanctions about no fly zones and stuff are they're they're masks, right? Because the oil and the money is going to continue to flow. You think, you think Europe is willing to go dark over the principles of this? They really want to isolate Russia, which means they would need to go dark or find a different, probably just as uh, uh, suspicious. Yeah, I think, I think they're willing to. I mean, I think the oligarchy is willing to make them go dark. I think the point is to destroy the, uh, the world economy and make well, people it, really mad and try to blame each other over it. And that's how you can do it, right? If the oil stops flowing into Europe, Europe goes dark, Europe riots immediately this is this is how you get everybody mad is you you destroy the economy you you hit them where it hurts in their pocketbook i don't think any nukes are gonna fly i hope not Uh, not yet but you know that that's been on the table right that's the scary talk i think they don't need that they don't and like we've talked about they the the oligarch doesn't want to rebuild literally rebuild they just want to make a lot of money on that yeah but they can make more and faster just owning the currency well i don't know Maybe they want to depopulate. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll drop a couple here and there. Well, look, so I think that the Ukraine you situation... Can, you can kill a lot of people with starvation and economic problems. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the Ukraine situation is the first major ball to get rolling here. Remember, we, we set this up. We have been feigning weakness. You put, you put Biden in as president. That, I think, was strategic. Clearly, he's it's a presidency by committee he's not in charge well and we, we under him we've we've published like uh, these woke military yeah I, I think i think that's all to try to induce russia and china into taking uh actions see the i think the oligarchy wants a tripolar war or a, a two uh one on two type of a war between uh the three main uh superpower regions and I think that they're, they're 
end goal is the destruction of the American ethos. I think they want to split up the United States. And this is going to take a while because they have to induce Russia and China into a situation where they will come over here. And they need to neutralize our aging military, you know, our carrier fleets, you know, all of our F-18s, F-15s, F-16s, you know, all all that stuff is an, it's an aging military. And we need to retool for the new world order, you know, the the Terminator one or the the post-apocalyptic one with all the fancy gadgets from the fourth industrial revolution that's being talked about. And so... Look, look at the setup here. After the, after the wars on terror, after the great financial collapse in 2008, you've got uh, the Trump presidency, which creates, and, and, and the, e, the Brexit, the British exit from the EU. These create some shockwaves. It, it changes the, the tone, changes the way people look at each other. It's, it's caused a lot of fighting, a lot of division, so we're easier to conquer that way. And then you get the Biden presidency, where you've got Clear, clearly, they knew Biden, I mean, at the time, when they selected him as the candidate, he was, he was showing signs of dementia. They knew where this is going, okay? And they put him in office through a stolen election, and then the, the, next, big check, uh, the next big checkpoint or linear event that's important here was the Afghanistan withdrawal. We were there for 20 years. You have to try really hard. You have to try really hard to make it that bad, that precipitous, that ridiculously incompetent. Yeah, I was reminded, I was thinking about that that news cycle, watching some of this Ukraine stuff. Remember the photos or the videos of Afghans like clinging to the outsides of planes and stuff, and then apparently the planes were taking off and people falling to their death from the planes. I just thought, People, people are believing this. Like, do you really think there's an American serviceman, a pilot, who would take off while someone was with on the plane? A dozen people clinging to his landing gear and his wings. Like, let's 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 take the humanity of that away and just think. I I don't know if that's a safe. His a his take, own his own, his own personal yeah. safety is at risk, and and yet we just are thinking. It was also absurd, and and so much of what we're seeing now out of Ukraine is absurd. And yeah. and I'm not trying to downplay anything that's no, it's really there happening. are real people dying. Yeah, but we're we're made to believe absurdities. There's that old saying: you make people believe absurdities, you can get them to commit atrocities. Yeah, I don't remember who said that. That's pretty good. We'll have to look that up. So Churchill or Joseph Goebbels or. Somebody. Goebbels? Gobbles? Goebbels, yeah. But we've, we've been conditioned very hard over the last 20 years, but especially over the last two years, to believe things that go beyond absurdity, that just are just bonkers, just absolute mind-numbing bonkers crazy, the things that we, we believe. I mean, people spread around a meme for two years showing people peeing in their pants to demonstrate the effectiveness of face masks for COVID, like as if they're the same thing. Like the only reason we pay, we wear pants is so when we pee ourselves, I don't get any on you. Like you're kidding? No, no, this was real. The first time I saw it, I thought it was an anti-mask thing, and I realized no people are taking this seriously. Like they're like, if you pee without pants on, you can get some on other people. If you pee with pants on, you're just gonna get yourself. 
wet. And I'm like, who's just out there peeing on each other? First of all, you're going to, you're going to have to find some examples of that for the listeners. But I have never, that is coronavirus is also not a liquid. I didn't even know where, to, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I just want to stop the podcast right here. I, I can't believe you never saw that. One. No, no, but look, but we're being led to believe absolute absurdities. Right. And, and that's my part of my point is, but, but you've got to do this is going to happen slowly, right? The, I'm getting to Ukraine. Uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal, the, the botched Afghanistan withdrawal, which was widely um, viewed by high-level military people as just totally unnecessary. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the, we'd been there for 20 years, and the president of the country knew it was over before any of us knew it was over, so much so that he had left the country with... $87 million in, in four different vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't heard a word about him ever since. No, we what, don't even know where he is. It doesn't even matter. Some, he's living on Epstein's Island or something. Okay, you're going to have to send that to me. It, it, let me just read this step okay. by step. I'll never get my thought out. I need to give you the big picture, but go. <laughs> Please, go. Right, stew on the big picture while I yeah, insert ahead. some when absurdity. I, I got it on the tip of my tongue. Are fabric masks sensible? Question mark. I will try to explain it. And there's a picture of two naked people, like sketches. One of them's peeing on the other one. If we are all running around naked and someone pees on you, you are wet immediately. If you're, we <laughs> if you're wearing trousers, some of the pee-pee still gets through to you, but not so much. You are, better, you are so better protected. Okay, now there's an illustration of a naked person peeing on a guy with trousers. So your mask protects you? But now, but not if, as good. if the one peeing at you also wears pants, the pee-pee remains only with him and you will not get wet. Now what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I, I get it. Okay, you're going to have to forward that to me so I can uh, share and this, that this with was, the listeners. This was widely uh, a spread, especially early on. And like I said, the first time I thought, I thought this was an anti-mask, like a joke, like... Like how absurd are they? Are, but no, this maybe was, it started as a four chan joke. Or something. <laughs> this was the this maybe was, maybe they made it and said, "Hey, we can get him to pass it around." Yeah, it's, it's maybe a, we could it, do so, uh, shave your head for solidarity with Ukraine and get all the women out there to shave their heads. And well, I'm sure people would do it. You could probably say something like, "In Ukraine, the women shave their heads uh, as a sign of." national pride or just make something completely up and I, i'm sure people would do it i mean they were able to get him to uh everybody thinks that the okay sign is a white supremacist sign yeah or, or the or the pepe I mean, frog think about, meme. think about how absurd that is the okay sign was never a white supremacist it never meant sign. anything never except it means okay okay it's in like america you, it's a universal thing okay it's like thumbs up thumbs up you can go anywhere in the world and give someone a thumbs up and they'll know that you mean agreement or good i think that there are some countries where it's a vulgar thing but it's as american Maybe. culture as american culture has taken over these things have become universal so is absurdity now let's hear your big picture okay so here's the big picture this is why you guys pay to, to listen to the mind virus show so hold, why you've hold waited on, hold you on people pay, are, they're paying, paying me. you <laughs> when am i going to see my fair 10 percent? 10 percent seven percent i think oh, all right okay. that's fair okay okay um <laughs> no the the, the there's a lot of fear-mongering going on right now but i think this this will pass but i think that the timeline is accelerating 
All right. The uh, the big picture here, I think, is a broader war, and I think that it has to spill over into onto American soil, and it involves the destruction of the aging um, American military. And it's not. I don't think it's going to be pretty. <laughs> I think it's going to. I think it's going to be pretty messy. But Ukraine is probably. I guess if we were going to look at a timeline, I think we would say that Afghanistan was the start of it, but Ukraine is the first big indicator that the, it's actually the, happening. When you say Afghanistan, you mean the withdrawal. The withdrawal. The <clears throat> Afghanistan withdrawal was the start of it. That we, we have been spending enormous amounts of money on China and Russia to buy these enemies. We've, we've got, again, the best enemies that money can buy. That's all American money. That And of course, time and industry and all that stuff. It's not like they weren't involved, right? But um, of course, the the Russian and Chinese people have worked really hard trying to do better for themselves and everything. But that's always all that momentum is always co opted by the evil forces, by the oligarchy. So, or the oligarchies, plural. So, the Ukrainian situation is sort of the big, the first big indicator that now we're in it for real. And Vladimir Putin's going to be unopposed. He's going to take over the country. It's going to look bad, whatever. And there will be some sort of semblance of normalcy for a little while, while the financial ripples start to work through and people start to feel the pain. And uh, Taiwan may be next, but I don't think, I mean, Taiwan's a different animal than Ukraine. Taiwan, the people in Taiwan, well, I don't know if it's a different animal. It's just the, the problem is it's in an island, right? It's harder to get onto an island than it is to invade a country that you share a land border I, with. I don't think there'll be a mass um, propaganda campaign to support Taiwan. You remember a few years ago before COVID, the, the Hong Kong, uh, <clears throat> Hong Kong started to get some Western influence, some, some support just organically or maybe somewhat mm-hmm. organically. And that got shot shot down hard. Oh yeah, the Western media just let Hong Kong flap I mean, in the wind. There was a there was Daryl Morey was the GM of the that's general manager of the Houston Rockets. The NBA has deep deep ties to the to China, and Daryl Morey expressed some solidarity, some support for Hong Kong, and was shouted down. LeBron James, who knows nothing about anything outside of basketball, said Daryl Morey is misinformed or ignorant. On this issue, and it's like Hong Kong. And I, I've mentioned before that in in the video game world, any support for Hong Kong was was shut down immediately. So I think the same thing will happen with any kind of aggression uh, into Taiwan. And in fact, we'll be told that it's good. It's good for Taiwan for mainland China to officially and wholly swallow it up. Because we, for some reason, we can we can make Russia into the big bad guy, but we can't do that with China. I think that's a that's an important element of the dynamic going on here. Russia's always been the big enemy, but China has carefully bought up elite influence. Well, I think China's a, by opening their markets to the to our oligarchy. I think China's the bigger threat too. Well, clearly they are. I mean. Militarily, financially, socially. I mean, you, but but China. I think China and the the Chinese system, the CCP system, is the goal for for the rest of the world. Different variations of it, perhaps, but that's I think right. the goal. Well, that's, look, let me just say this. I you know the thought occurs to me that you probably don't want to be living in Hawaii because 
I don't think um, I don't think they're going to stop at Taiwan, and I think this is going to take a few years to play out. But they're the people are not going to be upset with China until we see a Pearl Harbor type of a situation. Yeah, and Japan may be next after Hong Kong and Taiwan. Yeah, it could be Japan. But they're, you know, Japan is sort of impotent if they, if they get, they're, they're sort of strategically irrelevant. Right, but there's, some, there's a long history there. It'd be a, sim, a symbolic takeover for China to take Japan. Yeah, but I think they would they would use them as a client state. I think the the goal is to neuter the American military so that the the Anglo American establishment has a reason to pull out all their high tech weaponry and and rebuild. And I think that's one of the deterrents to China and Russia is that they don't know what the Americans have up their sleeve. The media keeps telling us, "Oh, they've got hypersonic weapons. You know, they're ahead of us. Whatever." But remember things like. We kept things secret for the longest time, like the SR-71 Blackbird, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Area 51, <laughs> that was a loosely kept secret that finally became public, publicly acknowledged yeah, after we, a while. We get military uh, technology that trickles into the public probably a decade after. I would the, say a, a decades-old version couple, yeah, of it. Or maybe two decades. Right, depending on what it is. So I, I'm so what I think the way I think this develops is that and it could go quickly over a matter of a couple of years rather than ten years, but China's ambitions are to be the next superpower, and I think that that means controlling the Pacific, not just uh, their territorial waters. And so Taiwan's on the table, and there and it may fall to very little fanfare, just as you suggest. But I think that the American public opinion will start to change once we see our carrier groups destroyed. I mean, maybe maybe we'll defend them and we'll lose the Seventh Fleet, right? Maybe maybe we maybe we defend them and we we see a lot of uh, material and men destroyed in a very short-lived Pearl Harbor type of an episode. But that's a, th- that might be a coordinated attack where the Russians take out some of some of the NATO stuff near in and around Europe. And and in the Middle East, in a coordinated um, offensive with the Chinese, but that's I don't think that happens for a little while. Until a little while after um, U- the Ukraine episode settles, and the financial ramifications start to uh, play out. A lot of people have been saying that the that this taking Russia out of the SWIFT system is like the a new Lehman Brothers moment. You remember it was the Lehman Brothers bank failing that caused the 2008 financial collapse. So, so I think we've got a financial collapse in there and remember they've got to make us hate them. So first they're going to make us hate the Russians by cyber attack, right? And they've, we, we've been talking about the cyber attack since before the Russian thing was in the news. And now we can see how they're going to spin that narrative. They're going to say it's the Russians rather than white supremacists uh, from, so, well, from Georgia or Atlanta. Well, I saw, uh, take it from, the, the consider the source. It's uh, Sink, what's his name, from the Young Turks, said that people, the Trumpites and the conservatives are siding with Putin because he's a, he's a white leader. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll say it was so, from the uh, South or something. They can tie it all together if they want. And it doesn't matter, again, how absurd the the ties get but the financial the point is there's a financial disruption coming mm-hmm. to be blamed on the russians maybe on white supremacists linked to the russians maybe on donald trump's 
grandnephew or his red-headed stepchild or somebody who was a Russian plant. And then they, they anyway, they got to blame it on the Russians. So now we can see it. I think it's more likely to be blamed on the Russians proper because now we have the whole Ukraine dynamic in right. the news. Right, and, 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 and the narrative's being sown that Putin well, is a madman. And the, and the white supremacists, try, trying to saddle the Trumpites as white supremacists and, and blame everything on the deplorables is not going to work. I mean, I think that there, it, we're more likely to have a swing back to republicanism because the Democrat, uh, unless they are able to somehow fix this election dramatically, like dramatically, dramatically, more so than the last election, I think we're going to see them lose tons of uh, seats in the House and in the Senate. You're going to have a Republican-controlled Congress that wants to destroy Russia because right, it's the right. Republican kids that go to war. So that's the problem is the pendulum swinging back. Everybody says... No, you guys were in cahoots with the Russians. They clean house, and the Republican establishment takes us to war because they're the the. I mean, you'd still appropriate. have You still have Biden as president. You'd have a, a Republican Senate and House. Um, but and again, they're years, all they're all war well, mongers. When the, when the war when the war really is about ready to get off in earnest in two years, that's when you have this new Republican, some young leader, whether Democrat or Republican, will come in on a pro-war platform, and uh, will have sufficiently will, will will sufficiently hate the Russians because they destroyed the financial situation, and we've got to dramatically re-engineer society just like we did in the '40s in order to combat Hitler. I think one thing that Japanese. could avoid uh, a global world war, a hot war between major states, like you've described, is if the implementation of digital currency is successful. Because then they can control things without blowing things up. And maybe they're going to blow some well, things up you, you uh, might, symbolically. Yeah, you might be right, but I think they want a bigger war. And I think they want to split the United States into four or five regions. And so that that's the end of my thought, is that the even though we may have um, some will generated here in the United States for a war against Russia and maybe China at that, by that point. Um, it's possible that there will be enough dissension here in the U.S. That it, and enough craziness that it devolves into more of a civil war and with riots in America due to economic collapse and whatnot while our military is being picked off by the Russians and the Chinese in these regional conflicts, then then we have a need for quote peacekeepers, right? Because you see, that's how the Russians came into uh, um, Ukraine. It was under the guise of peacekeepers, and that's right. how the Americans have Rooting gone into out these Nazi forces. Yeah, but we've been we've gone into many a country under the guise of peacekeeping, right? And the United uh, Nations. I don't has, think there's a country we haven't gone into to keep the peace, keep the peace. with guns and bombs, right? So, so what would happen though is it won't be immediate. It would be probably fairly prolonged difficulty here in the United States, and then they come in and solve our problems for us. Let me see if I can find something here that's speaking of countries. I think I, I bookmarked it. And and lest you think I'm I'm talking about a full on total takeover by Russia and China. No, there's a third element here, which is Oceania, the Anglo-American establishment via NATO and Europe 
they they need a multi sorry a supranational military force and so they don't want the the US to control it they want to destroy the american ethos and so they they kind of have to come in with a a nato or a european american military to rebuild to fight off the russians and the chinese and then we have an uneasy truce with uh china and we subjugate we push russia back to its borders so it's a chinese a chinese nato continent a chinese european that's where where the north america ends up is in a, chi- a, a s- split china europeans situation Maybe Russia has a stake right. here too. I couldn't find the list, but it was a list someone made up on Twitter of all of the interventions since World War II that the United States have been involved in. And there were, there were dozens, dozens of countries. But as we wrap up here, maybe I can give some practical advice because I know our listeners hang on, on all of my advice. But so wear pants. Wear pants. Okay, don't walk around peeing on people. When you pee yourself, have pants on. Beyond that, I think, uh, regardless of how this plays out, I think that it would be good to try to de-digitize some of our lives a little bit. We're, we're wholly dependent on the internet and these little smartphones. Yeah. I think, it'd be, I think it's good to learn, learn some different skills, uh, learn how to chop wood, maybe, learn, maybe well, lift Ka- weights. And Catherine Fitz said, hey, bring back Cash Fridays. So they're, trying to, right. they're trying to do Cash Fridays. Or not bring it back, but start start have implementing Cash Friday use of cash on Friday. Have have something useful that you can do that you 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 can do that would be that you could trade right some kind of labor or skill that you could trade in a, an economy where uh, paper and digital money is useless. Are you talking about like in the massively multiplayer game, like having a skill, like your guy levels no. <laughs> up and he can trade yes. for magic scrolls? Or yes. are you talking about something different? No, I'm talking about uh, the, the MMORPG that we all play every day in about real the physical life. one, not the one on the computer screen? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking okay. about this world. I, I think it'd be useful to have something you can do that you could trade for food and bullets. Or grow a garden too. Maybe, right. maybe this that's is a good same, year to do a garden. That's the same idea, right? Uh, you might want to put the garden. You might want to take up hydro, hydroponic, hydrophonics, hydro, hydrophonics, hydrophonics, hydro, water words, Ponics, yeah, water words, uh, <laughs> hydroponics in your basement to be able to protect your garden because they might just your neighbors might just ransack your garden. Right, out but the if backyard. your neighbors find it in your basement, they might turn you in and to the authorities who think you're doing a weed grow, uh, yeah. a marijuana, cannabis. That might be grow. another good one to do, though, because pe- that might be in demand People will in, need the, that, yeah. in, in, THC. In, in the apocalypse. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of serious, though. Like, I think we no, all I think should, we're deadly serious here. The problem should. is this is playing out so slowly. You yes know, it's and, not yes like and a movie, no. I mean, it's going fast, it yeah, could, but it, not it, that fast. One, one decision right now could accelerate it all if if it wouldn't even have to be a nuke just one big bomb dropped in kiev or whatever could change this overnight overnight i think a lot of this stuff it's it it's avalanche right it's my yeah you're right you're right right. my my avalanche analogy avalanches don't happen suddenly when they happen but the build-up to them the conditions when when conditions are created 
for an avalanche, that takes place over time, right? Mm-hmm. Over a series of storms. No, you're right. You're, it's that a great in, analogy. But then that collapse is sudden. And a lot of people say, I don't know how it happened. How did that right. avalanche happen? That's the problem when it becomes a shooting war, right? Anything, right. anything could cause this to go big. Even here in the U.S., you know, you have morons like Spencer Cox thinking that he's doing his part by pulling vodka off the shelves. And, and I, I stock up on vodka, people. I tw- stock up on cigarettes and liquor. I tweeted at him. I said, "Why don't you just cut to the chase and round up all the Russians in Utah and put them in camps? Right? You can never be too safe. Like, what? What is it you're trying to prove? Like, are you you're just you're just you're just agitating anti-Russian?" Uh, sentiment by doing this and it's like why don't you just if you're gonna do that why don't you just really do it then you dummy like why not let's let's get let's open up the internment camps that we had for the japanese here and put the russians in them but see somewhere in the united states you know we saw this after 9-11 right all it would take here is for some someone to go and shoot up a, a Russian Orthodox church or a, you know a Russian restaurant or something, and then you start a shooting war here. After enough rhetoric, and that was always the 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 anti-Islamic rhetoric was really high after nine eleven, and we're starting to see that same thing. The point being, <clears throat> the point being, it's. We're being manipulated. And don't let your mind be manipulated. Help your friends to not be manipulated. Friends, don't if, let if, friends watch corporate news. Yeah, but if they, don't wanna, if they don't want your help, then leave them be and take care of yourself. Okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's every man for himself. No, I didn't say that. Except for you, lady. <laughs> you can die. You can just drop dead. What I'm saying is I, I don't think at some point it's going it's to get to a point where trying to help your neighbor who thinks you're a crazy person and will turn you in, yeah, just you got to back away from those people. And those people are out there among yeah, us. Yeah, be discerning. And uh, yeah, stock up on hard goods you can trade. Meanwhile, Zero Hedge is reporting that the trucker convoy is swelling. Yeah, when, guys, you say, when you compare it to January 6th, you, you're, you're probably not wrong. Remember, there were a million well-intentioned people out there. There was a lot of well-intentioned people. And a, and, and a couple hundred agi- and agitators. I just read this morning that one of the people who was arrested... Agent provocateurs. One of the people who, who was arrested, just a guy who was there who apparently went into the Capitol. He was escorted in and through open doors. The cops opened and waved him in. He wandered around for a few minutes and left. And the FBI hunted him down and made his life hell. Apparently, he committed suicide, and yeah. people are people I are saw that. Uh, saw lamenting that, that. And it's like, but that's exactly what the FBI and these people want. They wanted to destroy these people to make an example of them. And that's why I think that this convoy, if this convoy rolls into DC, DC doesn't have a real good infrastructure for a lot of traffic. If this convoy rolls in, and like you said, I don't know if they'll even make it to DC, but if they do. The gates will close behind them, and they will be made an example of, just like J6. You're going to have people arrested. Just like the Canadian guys. There's going to be weapons being planted, uh, maybe. I, I, I just think at this point, it's like, you, you guys, first of all, the trucker movement in Canada was squashed and forgotten in memory hold. So you're kind of behind the times. 
And second of all, um, you're just driving into a trap. Like it might be fun to go drive along with them through Nebraska or something, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't go east of the Mississippi. Well, you're kind of illustrating why I think this ends on American soil rather than on their soil here. Those, those nations of China and Russia have, are, are more mobilized. They're more, uh, they have more centralized command control structures and have better control over their populations for better or worse. And it appears that the American population is wildly distracted, wildly misinformed, trying to figure out which bathroom to use or whether boys should be able to participate in girls' sports. And um, the, wo- the wokest media out here has, has the mainstream, the, the middle of America, not the mainstream, but the middle of America, confused about what, who, who can do what. And so you've got the trucker convoy going on right now. You've got part of that group wants to, quote, stand with Ukraine. Part of that group says, hey, they're a bunch of neo-Nazis. So the... the uh, fractionation in America is huge right now. That's the, that's the word to use. Fractionation. That's a word that was used to describe the early Christian church after the apostles died. It fractured into multiple segments. And so we have, we have a very ununified country right now, ripe for the pickings, especially if the people are not supporting the military, if the patriotism kind of goes by the wayside. But again, remember, the, there's a real possibility that this all swings back to the right and the Republicans in a in sort of a groundswell, grassroots type of uh, move appear to take back the, the body politic. But again, it could be some combination of all of that. I just, I think we're in, in trouble. You know, there's not, especially the way the media has destroyed itself. The corporate media has lost all credibility. So, But people still consume it, even though they know it's mind rot. Like I said last week, <clears throat> people will especially consume it during times of crisis. So what do you do? You create more crisis that's, so people that's turn it best, on and get, get their brains yeah, that's the best argument. Out. That's the best argument for the scenario where the Republicans take back the momentum is that the media somehow gets behind the... A unified war. Well, effort. the war, yeah, the war. the The media yeah. always loves trumping up a war. Yeah. And you're going to get a bunch of uh, rhino Republicans uh, until it's war t- warmongering Republicans in there until it's time for another election. You remember the the media was all in on the Iraq and Afghanistan wars until John Kerry ran for president, and then they needed to flip the script to try create to some do- crisis, right? But they all voted for the war before they they were they were you know john Kerry said i was for it before i was against it well sure it never it never really threatened the bush presidency right and none of the kinetic military actions taken really threatened the obama presidency and yeah right no there's never been a president uh maybe maybe trump didn't maybe go to war maybe in vietnam maybe johnson i don't know I don't know that there's ever been a president that's lost an election because of war. Because they were wanting to go into Because they were war. waging war. Yeah. Because Johnson, Johnson was, Johnson took over after Kennedy died, was shot, and then served one term. I don't think he ran again after that. And then Nixon escalated the war, right? Anyway. <clears throat> well, here we are. War 
You know, there's that song. War, what is it good for? What is it good? What's good? It's really good if you're a, an oligarch with a lot of financial ties to war. Right. It's the means by which the few can take control of the many. Well, everybody, we hope you've enjoyed today's discussion. If not, leave a comment. Let us know what we did wrong or what we got wrong. We probably got a lot wrong today. Uh, if you did like it, leave a comment on mindvirus.show. Share this with your friends. Share this with people you think uh, might be able to listen to us for two hours. All right. Dimitri just texted me and said he had more comments on the Russian situation. So look at our website and I'll post those. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe if this is still uh, hot uh, in a couple of weeks, we can get Dimitri on. I'd, I'd like to know if he really talks the way you, uh, you portray him. Uh, comrade, uh, yes, he talks like this. Since when did you get to do the accents? I thought I was the accent guy. Uh, 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 Mr. Uh, By the way, I never get on TV no more. Everybody, Mr. Cuomo. Mr. Cuomo, Mr. Fauci, they never on TV no more. The, your uh, enforcers from the Italian mafia, they have nothing <laughs> on our Russian <laughs> brethren. I wonder if quietly uh, Fauci will be uh, ran over by the bus. Retired. Yeah. Well, okay, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, this is kind of depressing. Eat, Keep your heads up. Smile. Be happy. Eat meat. Lift weights. Learn to shoot. <laughs> Take a friend shooting. Signing yeah. off. We will talk to you guys uh, again soon. Thank you. And good night.